You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears might have to wait for all of the other head coaching vacancies to fill before Matt Nagy can find his new offensive coordinator, but that gives us some time here to look at who the top candidates are and how they might fit in Chicago. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I cover the Chicago Bears for Bears Wire. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today, we're going to take a closer look at three of the top names in particular that fans and analysts alike are connecting to the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator spot. We'll look at the resume and credentials of Chiefs quarterbacks coach Mike Kafka, former Ravens offensive coordinator Marty Morhenweg, and former New York Giants head coach Pat Shermer, plus even a couple of other options that aren't necessarily tied to someone from outside of the building. The hot name among Bears fans for the Bears offensive coordinator job is Mike Kafka, the quarterback's coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, who's sort of seen as maybe next in line in that pipeline that course Matt Nagy came from that Doug Peterson came from and that we've seen Andy Reid produce a number of quality coaches across the NFL so there's some familiarity in the system that Kafka comes with and as of now it doesn't look like Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy will be hired away as a head coach there was some speculation that if Bieniemy left Kafka would become the Chiefs offensive coordinator and then therefore be out of the running for the Bears offensive coordinator job. But the lack of a head coaching position for Bienemy opens up Kafka as a possibility for the Bears offensive coordinator spot. He is a Chicago guy through and through. You may remember him as a Northwestern quarterback who was a fourth round pick by the Philadelphia Eagles actually when Matt Nagy was a coaching assistant under Andy Reid. Uh, across Kafka's NFL career, he appeared in four games, all in one season with the Philadelphia Eagles. He attempted a total of 16 passes and threw two interceptions on those 16 passes, 11 completions for 107 yards and no touchdowns. And he was a guy who, like many journeyman quarterbacks, he bounced around and spent a lot of time, well, not a lot of time on quite a few different teams, but uh, really got a full gamut of experience with different organizations, and learning multiple different offenses, sometimes within the same seasons, but clearly struggled to perform well enough to extend his NFL career beyond the five years it really lasted. So he was not a successful pro quarterback, but neither was Matt Nagy in that regard. Nagy, of course, couldn't last in the NFL and spent his career in the Arena Football League where he found success, but neither able to hold on in the professional top-of-the-line league. So Mike Kafka, like Nagy, pretty quickly got into coaching right after his playing career was done. He started out as a uh, graduate assistant at Northwestern in 2016, which tells you that he's only been coaching at any level for four total seasons. Now, two of those have been the quarterback's coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. He started in Kansas City as an offensive quality control coach, and then the last two years have been him working directly with Patrick Mahomes, who has had some very good results, but it leaves Mike Kafka as a very inexperienced candidate and, and leaves some very real questions about just how ready he is 
to be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. You know, in the Bears situation specifically, he wouldn't have to be a play caller, which would make it easier to take a less experienced coach in that role that he could step in and sort of learn more of the ropes of how to coordinate an offense without actually having to get, you know, call the plays on game day and have to battle through that experience and that learning process of knowing in a game situation when to call certain plays and when to not call certain plays and all the different things that offensive coordinators are most scrutinized about. But even so, Mike Kafka is quite literally 32 years old. He will turn 33 in July. So if the Bears hired Mike Kafka, he would actually be younger. He is younger than Chase Daniel. It would be almost like having a Chase Daniel take over as your offensive coordinator. And, on, you know, in isolation, age is not purely a reason not to hire someone, but it's sort of the bigger lack of experience when it comes to this Bears offense. Because what the Bears offense really needs in 2020 and from their offensive coordinator is stability and consistency and trying to find a little bit more of an offensive identity. And those, to me, all seem like things that you get more from an experienced offensive coordinator, whereas Kafka might have some youth, some energy, some different ideas, some creativity, some just some brightness that you would, you know, that you sort of think of getting a young offensive-minded coach in there, sort of some of the things that were appealing about Matt Nagy as a head coach. Kafka might be able to add some of those things to an offense that maybe needs more creativity, but the Bears just need to sort of get back to basics and start doing some of the little things right. And it's not totally clear how well Mike Kafka would help them work toward those goals. That's not to say he, he isn't a very good coach. It's not to say he couldn't be a very good coach in Chicago, but it's a, a bigger red flag, really, than most of the other offensive coordinator candidates we've heard about. Experience matters. And if you want to have a great experience this spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans with amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, and of course, incredible food. Both Chicago baseball teams take part in Arizona's one-of-a-kind spring training experience, where you've got 15 MLB teams, 10 stadiums, 75-degree temperatures, all within 50 miles of the greater Phoenix area. It's kind of like going to Bears training camp in paradise. I mean, you get to meet the players and get autographs before games and just sort of have that relaxed, fun environment. Plus, Arizona has family-friendly resorts and hotels that offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages, from water parks to horseback rides to games and activities. So plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. Again, that's visitarizona.com slash springtraining. On the opposite side of the offensive coordinator spectrum from Mike Kafka, there's Marty Morningweg, the coach with the name I'm trying really hard to both pronounce correctly and as smooth as possible, but there's a lot of N's in there. There's no G until the end, and it's one of those names that I think people will always call him Morningway, but it's Mornhinweg, 
and it's hard to say quickly correctly. So I'm trying to like say it kind of fast so you don't notice me struggling with it. Morniweg, but it, I always hit a little bit of a, a road bump in there along the way. But he's had plenty of experience under his belt. He coached Mike Kafka on the Philadelphia Eagles actually with Matt Nagy for a little while there. And like Nagy, Marty Morningweg was a former Arena League quarterback. Didn't really make it out of Montana into the NFL. Ended up only spending one season in the Arena Football League before he blew out his knee and that was that. So his his playing career was quite limited, but obviously has a ton of coaching experience both at the college and NFL level. Started at his alma mater as a receivers coach and ended up coaching at the college ranks for a, a full 10 seasons before making the jump to the NFL. He got his start actually with the Green Bay Packers of all teams, first as an offensive assistant and quality control coach, and then quarterbacks coach, working directly with Brett Favre on the way to a Green Bay Packers Super Bowl. And as we go through a little bit of his history, I think you'll detect just how fortunate he was in terms of the coaches and quarterbacks that he was able to work with in his career. Of course, you already have Mike Holmgren and the Green Bay Packers, but his next gig from being the Packers quarterbacks coach was being the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the San Francisco 49ers, where he got to work with none other than Steve Young. It was the final years of the Hall of Fame quarterback's career, but Morningweg still got quite a bit of experience just working under Steve Mariucci and a, a pretty dynamic San Francisco 49ers attack, at least for the first couple of seasons before. Obviously, you have a pretty big drop-off when you go from a Hall of Famer to Jeff Garcia, who still played pretty well, but just wasn't quite, uh, quite at the same level as a Steve Young. But it was still enough for Marty to earn the head coaching job with the Detroit Lions in 2001, and that's a, a bit of an infamous stop for him. You may remember some of the blunders that followed that team, but also uh, quite a bit of, a, I would say, a talent deficiency in Detroit that hasn't changed all that much in the last 20 years. So you know, not, not a great stop in Detroit, but he ended up rebounding and landing with the Philadelphia Eagles as an assistant head coach and then offensive coordinator under Andy Reid. And he worked with Andy Reid for a full 10 seasons in Philadelphia, really learning this whole system through and through. And in that time, of course, he spent the majority of it with Donovan McNabb, coaching them to the Super Bowl and a, a fair amount of offensive success over those years. But once they moved on from McNabb, you may remember the Michael Vick era. There was a brief stint with Kevin Cobb as their quarterback and even Nick Foles was in there as well. And all the time during that stretch, he worked quite a bit with current Bears offensive line coach Juan Castillo, who was the the Eagles' defensive coordinator for quite a bit of that stretch. So Morningweg has that not only does he have the Matt Nagy connection, but he does have the Castillo connection on this Bears offensive coaching staff already. But it was a long time in Philadelphia with Andy Reid. Eventually, Reid moved on to Kansas City and brought Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy with them and. Marty Morningweg instead opted to join the New York Jets and Rex Ryan, where he coached Geno Smith and actually a little bit of Michael Vick again. And then from there, you know, wasn't a great stop in the gym, sort of at the end of the 
the Rex Ryan era where they were just trying to hold on to whatever they could there. He ju- he found himself with the Baltimore Ravens for quarterbacks coach for a couple seasons and then offensive coordinator for a couple of seasons after that, initially working with Joe Flacco and then, of course, getting the rookie season of Lamar Jackson. So you look at Morgan experience and it, I mean, it really is impressive. And that's perhaps the strongest thing on his resume and perhaps the strongest experience of any offensive coordinator candidate that is readily available and and on the list. He, he was out of the NFL in the 2019 season, but that's not too uncommon for veteran coaches like that that will more inclined to wait for another better gig rather than just taking any job to stick around in the NFL for one season. But the list of quarterbacks is is truly impressive, and, and that could only be valuable when you talk about mentoring Mitchell Trubisky and whatever other quarterbacks end up in that room this season. But for Morgan some of his offensive outputs were a bit up and down, and I think most recently he kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth with his firing from Baltimore with Lamar Jackson that rookie season, struggling to really maximize his talents. And especially with what we've seen Lamar Jackson do in his first year without Morningweg, it I mean, it does make Marty look bad that, that Jackson has been this good. And maybe Jackson wasn't as refined two years ago as he was this year. And you can't put it all on the offensive coordinator, but clearly Greg Roman in Baltimore has done a much better job than Morningweg was doing in, in Baltimore. But you know, Morningweg was okay with Flacco. You know, they were they were surprisingly high-ranking offenses given Flacco's limitations and some of their other limitations on the offense. You know, his time with the Jets did not go particularly well, but he was pretty limited at quarterback with with Geno Smith and and a very old Michael Vick. And when he did have Vick on the Eagles and and even at times with the Jets, he was able to get that mobile quarterback offense going and really utilize some of those talents, which made the whole Lamar Jackson thing kind of surprising. I think there was this expectation when J- when Jackson came to Baltimore that Morningweg would be able to maximize him the way he did with Vic, and it really wasn't anywhere close to the same production. And I still don't have a great answer for that. I haven't really sat down and dug, dug through the Baltimore Ravens tape and the Eagles tape. If they hire Morningweg, I certainly would, but it's not 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 something I've been able to get to yet. But I also one of the things I come back to as well is that the NFL was quite different ten years ago when he was doing it with Vic, and a lot has changed in doing it with Lamar Jackson in two thousand and well eighteen at the time, and now two thousand and nineteen. So you have a slight fear of okay, is he keeping up? with the modern trends of the NFL. But again, you can come back to, well, he's also not calling the plays in Chicago. So maybe he would be a better fit here where he can rely on that experience for player development and understanding the bigger picture, you know, preparing for an opponent and scouting opponents and getting guys prepared for Sundays. But he's not driving the ship. You know, he doesn't have total control over the offense and some of the more modern aspects that Matt Nagy and and other coaches can bring into the fold can kind of maybe balance some of Morningweg's shortcomings if he indeed has some of them that we've seen from his more recent stops. So it's not a a, a sexy candidate. You know, Mike Kafka is kind of the the hot, young, exciting guy, whereas Morningweg is sort of the the retread, but it's, you know, I, I feel like the Bears might 
slightly need a retread more than they need the exciting guy. But the important thing is, regardless of how old or how experienced they are, it has to be the right fit in this offense, and it has to be the guy that can help them find a little bit more of an identity and that consistency on offense. I know a lot of Bears fans feel that Pat Shermer could be the offensive coordinator to do just that. So up next on the podcast, we'll look at some of his background as an offensive play caller and maybe a little bit of what went wrong in New York. Keep it locked right here on Locked On Bears. I've been doing the Locked On Bears podcast here for more than a few years now, and the long, long time OG original listeners of this podcast will remember after the Chicago Bears fired John Fox, I came on here and I said my preferred Chicago Bears head coach candidate based on what we've seen on tape and based on their resumes was Pat Shermer. I was really impressed with what he was able to do with that Minnesota Vikings offense in his most recent gig. And he also had what I felt was an an interesting variety of systems that he's worked in to be able to bring that all and all of that background to Chicago and craft something that would work for the players here. I thought Matt Nagy's lack of overall experience just made him a much riskier candidate. There was sort of the high ceiling type of, we're not sure if he can be a good head coach or if he's just a good coordinator. And to some extent, maybe the jury is still a little bit out on Matt Nagy's long-term evaluation here. But I, I just thought Shermer was the safer option than Matt Nagy. And after two seasons, of course, in hindsight, what happened with the New York Giants compared to what happened with the Chicago Bears certainly looks bad for Shermer, and it appears the Bears made the right choice, but of course, very different situations that the two head coaches worked with in terms of talent, in terms of general manager, in terms of quarterback. I mean, it's it's two separate teams, two separate experiences, so you can't apples to apples compare them necessarily, because, you know, I feel like, not not to be totally defending Pat Shermer, because there were a, a lot of mistakes he made along the way, and we'll get to some of that, but I do feel like he was initially sort of hamstrung by having Eli Manning really on the downturn of his career, nowhere close to the Super Bowl winning quarterback that he once was. But even with a a bad Eli Manning and then switching over to a rookie quarterback this season, the Giants offense is still finished relatively middle of the pack. I want to say it was like 16th and 18th in his two seasons, which is not good. But given how bad the Giants seem to be in both seasons, you would have expected them to be closer to the bottom of the NFL. And the fact that they were at least middle of the pack, to me, says something. Maybe not a lot, but it says something about the job that Shermer was able to do. But regardless, it did not go well in New York. And perhaps it's a sign that Shermer might be one of those guys, like so many, that is just a better coordinator than head coach. That He's good at running an offense. He's not necessarily as good at being a leader of a full football team and managing a staff and managing a whole organization in that way. Because like Matt Nagy, like Marty Morningwagon, and like Mike Kafka, he had quite a bit of experience with Andy Reid as well. There was 10 seasons starting when he started with the Eagles in 1999. Shermer was initially the tight ends and offensive line coach before getting the bump up to quarterbacks coach. Was never a true coordinator under Nagy anywhere along the line, but he was the quarterback's coach under Morningweg, working with Donovan McNabb for that majority of the time, and again, helping coach that team to a Super Bowl in the same way that the other guys we've talked about have. And I believe there was one season 
in Philadelphia. His very last season as quarterbacks coach was Matt Nagy's very first season as the you know coaching intern quality control assistant. So I, we don't really know how much they worked together. It wasn't really enough crossover to be a, a huge relationship, but it's likely that they know each other and, of course, know, both know a lot of the same system and have some of that mutual background in that regard. But Shermer went from the Eagles quarterbacks coach to the offensive coordinator of the St. Louis Rams. Initially, it was Mark Bolger in an injury-riddled season that led them to get Sam Bradford with that number one overall pick, and Shermer coached Bradford for just that rookie season. And their offenses with the Rams didn't rank particularly high statistically, but Shermer was still able to flip that into the head coaching job with the Cleveland Browns, where he didn't find much more quarterback talent. Started with Colt McCoy and Seneca Wallace, and then I believe... His second season was when they drafted Brandon Whedon in the first round, and you didn't like to know what his influence was on that draft selection, but I, it, was, it was not a lot of quarterback talent that he was working with in Cleveland. So as you might expect, he, like so many Browns head coaches, was fired after only a couple of seasons and landed back on his feet back with the Philadelphia Eagles, but no longer with Andy Reid. Chip Kelly was their head coach, and Pat Shermer was the offensive coordinator coordinating that exciting Chip Kelly offense that maybe was a little bit of a flash in the pan, but still did some revolutionary things in the NFL. And their quarterbacks were Nick Foles, Michael Vick, and Sam Bradford again. And they were able to get those quarterbacks to produce some some pretty potent offense in ways that they haven't necessarily been able to do on other teams and other and under other offensive coordinators because then he goes from that Eagles gig to the Minnesota Vikings initially as a tight ends coach and then takes over as offensive coordinator first working with Sam Bradford again of all people and then Case Keenum in the second season and for me I was really impressed with him being the one guy who was able to get consistent production from Sam Bradford. Of course, injuries were a big factor in Bradford's career, and being healthy with Pat Shermer was uh, a correlation that maybe wasn't necessarily directly related to anything Shermer did, but he got Sam Bradford in that Vikings offense to play very consistently and, and keep things moving for them. And then, of course, Case Keenum, kind of out of nowhere, playing really well and, and earning a big contract. And, of course, another one of those quarterbacks that plays really well under Shermer leaves Shermer and and totally loses it again. And and to me, that's some of the sign of a potentially— it's, it's a possible sign of a really good offensive coordinator that co- quarterbacks have had success under him and haven't been able to have that same success on other teams. So, so I see a pretty impressive Minnesota Vikings offense with limited quarterbacks and a pretty impressive Philadelphia Eagles offense— with limited quarterbacks. And so, you know, that's what attracted to me him as a head coach candidate is just that he's been able to make some chicken salad out of chicken crap and, and being able to, you know, maybe not so much with the Browns. He can't work with nothing. But if you have some talent at that quarterback position, it seems like he's had some success squeezing some things out of there, which was intriguing for me and still, again, catches your attention with somebody like Mitchell Trubisky, who needs to be maximized in a better way than we've seen. But Shermer's tough because you have you have those positives recently, but you have some of the duds before that with the Browns and the Rams. So it's 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 a little bit hard to judge what exactly he's responsible for and what he deserves credit for and also what he deserves blame for 
when things haven't gone right. And so it's it's always difficult to parse a lot of that out when you're trying to hire an offensive coordinator. And we don't know what exactly Matt Nagy's thought process is going to be. You know, it could be somebody, again, completely off the radar outside of the Andy Reid tree and doesn't have any connection to Matt Nagy the way Mark Helfrich did. Or they could look inside the building and maybe promote quarterbacks coach Dave Ragone. Or one other option that's not really being talked about a ton is just not hiring an offensive coordinator at all. Sometimes offensive-minded head coaches don't hire a coordinator and they just handle all of the offensive duties and don't really fill that position. I, I think that's going to be unlikely at this point, but it is something Matt Nagy may be considering, especially if some of his preferred offensive coordinator candidates get hired up as other teams fill out their coaching staffs because there's a competitive aspect to this too, and the Bears gig doesn't come with play calling, so that makes it a little bit less enticing. If you're an offensive coordinator and you could go to one team and call the plays and have control over the offense or go to Chicago and really sort of be only an offensive coordinator by title, it's a little bit less of an intriguing job, but if you feel like Bears would be a more successful offense and would look better on your resume. There's a lot of different dynamics that go into that. So we're going to keep an eye on these Bears coaching changes this offseason. They still need a new tight ends coach and a new assistant special teams coach as well, but offensive coordinator is the big one we'll be keeping an eye on. So make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast to keep up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. Tomorrow, I'll be joined by Mike Diabati, the host of Locked On Patriots, to kind of give us a sense of what's going on with this Tom Brady situation and if there's really actually any chance that A, he becomes a free agent and leaves the Patriots, and B, is there any chance that Chicago would even be interested in. So we'll look at all the dynamics of Brady's down season and what's going on with him and Belichick and how that all ties back to the Chicago Bears. So you're going to want to come back down for that one. You're going to want to tune in. Next week, we're going to talk to Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints and figure out, is Teddy Bridgewater going to be available? Is Drew Brees going to be available? Is Taysom Hill going to be available? What's going on with the Saints quarterback situation and how might that affect the Chicago Bears? And we'll get to some of the other quarterback options as well this offseason. So we'll have plenty of goodies coming your way. We're going to explore every single option for this Bears team at at such an important position because what's going to happen this offseason is going to be fun to watch. We're going to be following it closely, and we're going to find every reason to bear down.